You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. The Valentine's Day show, I can't say it enough. Am I being repetitive at this point? Absolutely. I really like this installment that we do every year, and I don't know if the ladies have ever been more better prepared than tonight. What a wonderful lineup and what wonderful topic that they all picked themselves and cultivated, worked their own outlines up. Uh, It's just been uh, a real treat. And joining us now uh, for the second year in a row on our Valentine's Day broadcast is Cyan Quinn, the program director at Counter Currents, at Counter-Currents. Dot com. Cyan, great to talk to you. Great to talk to you, too. This is really fun. I had such a great time with you and Danny last year, and happy Valentine's Day to you both. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Well, happy Valentine's Day to you and to your family. And, again, all of these ladies are people we know uh, personally and behind the scenes and just fantastic uh, representatives of the better sex and we know their husbands and we know their kids and it's just uh, it's it's this is what we're trying to do is it not ladies and gentlemen build communities of support and and listen I got to say especially in the capacity of Cyan is that uh, there are incredibly talented ladies who are playing big roles uh in, in not in in a behind the scenes way uh, as they all do uh, but even bigger than that, with what she does at Countercurrents, you got uh, ladies like Olivia Brimelow, of course, at VDare, and she's such an integral part of what Peter does. And Peter was just on the show last week with Steve King, and that was a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, so, Cyan, what's going on with Countercurrents uh, these days? Oh, well, okay, we've got a lot of stuff going on. We're focusing on more meetings uh, and more uh, smaller individual meetings and dinners where we can really connect with people and uh, and traveling to other things. And you told me that I could pick any topic I wanted. And I so did. it reminded me of a time when we were all together. You just mentioned Lydia. And of course, we were talking about uh, you and your wife um, and, and some good friends. It reminded me of a time we were all together last year. I want to talk about the cornhole conversation. Do you remember this? <laughs> well, I remember beating you in cornhole. Uh, oh, I know. I... Oh, <laughs> All right, so it was. I don't it know was. If it, I it, it was. It that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could be mistaken. Oh. It was pretty late at night. Now, what I recall is that uh, 
I and a, a mutual friend of Cyan and I's, uh, we we actually did beat uh, Cyan and Henry Wolf of Amran at at Cornell. But that's uh, you know, I could be misremembering that. That's right. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> what do you remember, Cyan? <laughs> Uh, well, I remember very little about the game, I have to admit, but um, <laughs> I do, I was thinking about the conversation that we were having just prior to that, uh, and we were, you're right, it was it was you, me, Danny, a, a mutual friend of ours, and Mr. Wolf over at Amrim, and we were talking about just how people come to us all the time asking for matchmaking advice and how difficult it is for men and women to find each other in today's individualistic society. And we were saying, and especially if you have strong political viewpoints that are censored uh, in the mainstream and, uh, you know, women, women tend to be more agreeable. So it was, we were talking about a mutual friend who was having trouble finding somebody. And the advice that you gave was women want to be led. It was very straightforward. I, do you remember that part? I have said that before. I don't remember saying it exactly that night, but it certainly sounds like something I, I would say because I have said it before on this program. Yeah. Well, well you know, and, and a lot of men want to be led too, politically speaking. I mean, you want a strong man, an authoritarian uh, or authoritative leader. Maybe that just had a Freudian slip there. But, but I mean, right. you know, it's natural for people to want to be led, but obviously you're talking about it in a different way when it comes to male-female relationships. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that's a good illustration because, uh, you know, it's true. People want to be led in general. There are natural hierarchies. You know, we... We're all, uh, you know, we would consider ourselves race realists. We believe in biological reality. We want to protect Western civilization. Uh, We believe in biological reality, not just between civilizations, but between men and women. And we believe that these roles and natural gifts and talents that different types of people have serve a purpose. And so in your larger society, yes, you've got hierarchical roles. We want to be led naturally. And then in the family, too, you've got natural uh, feminine roles and masculine roles. And, you know, what What I'm sure I'm going to put words in your mouth here, but, uh, but it re- this reminded me of the way that I think about it, which is, you know, in, our, in order to have any functioning society, any functioning family, you have to, you know, you have to to give into those roles. Women follow, they want, uh, you know, strong, strong men, uh, strong fathers create strong daughters. You look at the women who don't, they don't, the women who don't suffer from psychological problems, women who don't fall prey to, uh, to drugs uh, and, and alcohol, they have strong father figures. Uh, people who are men who are willing to cherish and love and lead uh, their children and their family and inculcate culture into their family and their children, uh, and and that's so so important. And I and I think that's something we're missing. So that so that was really good advice. Is when you're well, looking for a relationship, just be confident and grounded. Um, and who you are in your worldview. And women, that's magnetic. Women are looking for that. 
Well, thank you for saying that, uh, Cyan. And, I, of course, I do remember having a conversation uh, along those lines. We were all sitting out there in this very nice plaza in the Dallas area last fall. And, and by the way, I should say, we won't give away more information than is required, but everybody loves Kim, who was on during the first hour. She's mm-hmm. a mainstay on our program. And uh, it was actually Kim's sister who was this mutual friend. So we want to give her a little mm-hmm. bit of recognition there. It's just, but <laughs> the point is, and me saying that, is there are so many incredible individuals in this movement that some you hear on the air but there's so many more behind the scenes uh and it's just uh it's just really exciting to see how all of this is progressing but yeah i mean the buck has to stop with white men if we're ever going to get out of this the whole all of the cliches are true you can't vote your way out of it nobody's coming to save us if if the buck doesn't stop with white men and we start to lead lead first you would say lead your families. You can't even have a family until you can lead in a relationship. So you're going to have to take that lead right. role with the, with the ladies, and uh, and then that gets the ball rolling, and then uh, then you, uh, you you you're on your way, and then you got a civilization uh, with enough people do it. But no, thank you for bringing that up. That first of all reminds me of a very fun night and uh, productive night and a meeting, and mm-hmm. um, but that is something we're talking about with regards to family planning and uh, the proper roles of the men and women and raising strong sons and daughters. And uh, so that was uh, a very good selection by you, Cyan, tonight. Uh, but uh, with just about a minute remaining, <laughs> what would you say about, because this is something that's come up a couple of times earlier in the night, uh, Lauren Witzke uh, touched on it, uh, the way mm-hmm. our movement is professionalizing. And obviously people like you, Lydia, others, are having a big role in that. I have never seen it to really in better shape. Even amongst all the censorship, we're still just flourishing. Oh, well, thank you. Yes, I think it's it's incredible to see the growth and the institutionalization that we have in the movement right now. You know, CounterCurrents, last year, the biggest project that we had was uh, creating the Homeland Institute. And this is a public policy research institute. Uh, we've released, I've lost count of the number of polls that we've done already. Uh, oh, this is bad. I should know. Uh, but you had David Duddy on the, <laughs> yes, uh, on the show weeks ago. a few weeks ago. Yeah, right. So, so we're creating, uh, we've created that institution. I've partnered up with a good friend of mine, James Carlson, with White Papers Institute. Uh, it's whitepapersinstitute.substack.com, where we analyze current public policy and make public policy recommendations that, uh, that you know, favor keeping white nations white and, and policies on how to do that. And this all just stems from a, an essay in countercurrents and an essay that's available in the White Nationalist Manifesto by Greg Johnson called Restoring White Homeland. So, uh, so definitely check that out. I'm really excited for how we're professionalizing and growing, and that's going to bring in the women as well. So- Absolutely. Yes, I mean, once you get a stable situation going, it's going to be a little easier for women to understand and want to come on board as well, and then you got something. Cyan, you are incredible. we got to do this far more often. I know I'll see you a few times this year. We'll talk again soon. Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, 
law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years, and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, americafirst.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-A-1-S-T dot com, americafirst dot com. In message one, we said that Satan, the father of lies, John 8.44, gave the left evil, spiritual power the more they used the lies. The political left today is the beast. Now the Bible confirms that the dragon gave him, the beast, his power. Revelation 13.2 The extra evil spiritual power that comes from the beast by their lying is what accounts for the string of the leftist criminals in the government that have never yet been prosecuted. It also explains why American capitalists support communism in the 21st century. Note 1. That behavior of capitalists was predicted by Vladimir Lenin, a cell of the beast. Note 2. Henry Ford was a capitalist, and he would have never gone communist. The difference between Ford and the present day end-time capitalists is that Ford was born and educated in the kingdom of Christ, 19th century America, the new Jerusalem, Revelation 21. back everybody as we're beginning to turn the corner on tonight's valentine's day broadcast the saturday evening february the 10th and you have heard from no shortage of wonderful standout ladies tonight but i wanted to begin to get back a little bit before we wrap it all up to business as usual with keith alexander as keith knows and as you all know i was out of town last week and i was still out of uh, town and uh, doing uh, another remote uh, with uh, for the Valentine's Day show. And so we've missed Keith, and uh, I honestly need to talk to Keith because uh, I've been uh, so scrambled uh, here with this trip that uh, I don't really entirely have a firm handle on everything that's going on out there in the world. Now, we do know that the Supreme Court has taken a look at this Colorado case and uh, going to determine whether or not Trump uh, is going to be even eligible to run. Now, Keith, you would say, I guess people are assuming, it seems as though everybody is assuming, even in the media, uh, that they're going to rule in Trump's favor. But I, I don't know. Do you think that's a slam dunk? I don't think it's going to be 9-0 the way that people like Buck and Clay have been predicting, uh, you know, the typical media of uh, conservative mouthpieces. I think it's liable to be 6-3, but I do think he's going to win this thing. 
All right. Uh, this particular case. Now that they're going to leave, they're going to make it as narrow, narrowly based as possible to allow the left to take more shots at it. Okay. That's this is not going to be a uh, that once and for all. This is ending everything. They're probably just going to say that there was no due process. They didn't have a hearing or any type of trial to determine whether or not he was involved in an insurrection. They just basically jumped to that conclusion and thought that they could go ahead based on their predilections to uh, keep him from running. And of course, that's that's you know uh, like shooting a fish in a barrel. Uh, they, well, they, there's no way that they should find uh, in, on behalf of the Colorado Supreme Court on that. Well, you know, for him to have been a part of an insurrection or to have led it, as some are, are alleging, some of these people thoroughly infected with Trump derangement syndrome, I guess there would have had to have been an insurrection in the first place instead of a bunch of people sort of following the leader and a herd-like cattle thing meandering around through the, the Capitol. So there was no insurrection, so therefore he couldn't have had a part in it, much less led it. However, I was reading a long article about this uh just last night and reading what his lawyers are, how they're going to argue this. And they're arguing it on a technicality saying that, well, this, uh, I think it's part three of the 14th amendment. Uh, it really, uh, it doesn't apply to the president. Uh, so they're just going to try to hang their hat on that instead of, you know, how we, how I would argue it that, Hey, what, what insurrection are you talking about? Did I miss one? Uh, J six certainly didn't qualify as that. It wasn't even as, not as much action there as your garden variety Black Lives Matter riot. But the fact, Black Lives Matter were, riots were much more like an insurrection than anything that happened on Amen. January the 6th. In fact, and, they and, actually the, did in Portland. The Black Lives Matter people uh, purported to carve out a part of Portland as a separate nation. Seattle, that was Seattle, an insurrection, yeah. at least arguably That's right, based yeah. on that. Yeah, it was but of a, course, the, the, the public of definitely nothing is going to happen to those people except they're going to be given money by the, uh, the city of Portland or the state of Oregon for their discomfiture and having to uh, uh, put themselves out to go out there and protest. You well, know, it was uh, we live in a clown world now, James. It was Seattle, speaking. but what's it, it was actually Seattle where that happened. But what's the difference? <laughs> there is, it's just well, it it's could the have same been thing. You know, it, it's it's part of that blue state America that we want really desperately want to separate ourselves from. I do not want to be Amen. in a nation that does things like the city of Seattle does or the city of Portland does. Now, uh, I was getting back to this thing. I was reading that there's three. You know, first of all, that they were looking at this on Thursday. How long do you think it'll be before? Oh, we get the we get the 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 decision on this next week, this okay. coming week. All right, so that's pretty fast. That's a pretty fast turnaround. Now, I was reading in this article that there was three things that they could do. They could either give uh, Trump a a total victory or a total defeat. Those are the first two options. And the third one would be, and I hadn't considered this. Uh, I don't know how likely it is. You seem to think, as I do, that Trump's going to win this one. Although he hasn't had very much luck in the courts on anything whether it's the E. Jean Carroll BS or all of the different uh, election lawsuits he filed going back to 2020. But a third scenario, according to this article, and I can't remember, it was New York Times, Washington Post, it it was one of the big ones, is that the Supreme Court could defer this to January 6, 2025 and let Congress 
decide, now wouldn't this be rich, whether or not to certify or not Trump's hypothetical victory? Do you see that as it being at all likely? Just basically kick the can and say Congress can decide whether or not to certify this. I, I don't know. That would well, just, I, it seems, I guess it's, it's possible, but if it is, it'd be a complete abdication by the Supreme Court of their duty and also a complete departure from what they've been doing ever since the Brown decision, or, or really before that, Sweat versus Painter and uh, 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 Shelley versus Kramer back in the 40s, where they basically decided that if the legislature wasn't going to act, they were. Now they're up here trying to take the exact opposite position if they're doing what you're saying and saying, we have to wait and let the legislature try to act. Well, that just we'll, shows we'll you that they have no principle and that they're not going to do anything to uh, help uh, the conservative uh, people of the United States. We're, we're just basically, uh, you know, stick a fork in us, we're done. If they do well, that. and if they did do that, it would just be total chaos between now and November because you're going to have the blue states throwing him off the ballot. So, uh, so well, we'll, he's we'll, going to lose those states. And the states that would do that are states he's going to lose anyway, places right. like Washington right. and Idaho. Not Idaho, excuse me, Oregon. Uh, what we need to understand is that uh, there is a uh, – you know, an effort basically to scare the Supreme Court into doing nothing. Uh, They know that the Supreme Court has to do something if they have any sense, because if Biden is reelected, one of the first things he's going to do is pack the Supreme Court, as um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt threatened to do but didn't follow through on back in the 30s. If you don't get your way, from the Supreme Court, then you pack it with, let's say they made 30 members and the new 21 members are all appointed by Democrats. You know, the whole thing is a farce at that point. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's incredible that there's any question that this is uh, anything but a slam dunk. Uh, So we'll, we'll see what we see. Well, that's it, isn't it, my friend? I mean, here we are. We've been talking about it. I mean, you had the situation. I'll I'll get to this. Uh, I'm putting a pin in this thought. Hold on, folks. I'll get to this in the next segment. But, yeah, you've already had a lot of interesting things happen as we're only in now the second week of February, and uh, it's all still about to lay itself out in front of us over the course of the next few months. Black swan events, false flags, you name it. It's all on the table. Stuff we've seen before, maybe, pandemics or riots or whatever. Maybe stuff we've not seen before. It's it's all well, including these trials, which of course we've never seen before. But the 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 idea that there could be a political bomb that drops next week if the Supreme Court does anything other than allow Trump to remain on the ballots or insist that he must remain on the ballots, even in these states like Colorado and Maine, uh, I don't know, Keith, what what that does. And if this was a topic of conversation at the conference that I was at last week. Is there ever a point where the American people will just say, no, come on now, that, that's, that's, that's it, that's enough, we're not going to take this anymore because we have taken defeat after defeat after defeat after defeat over the course of so many decades now, and people just uh, keep eating it. And I think, you know, the left has certainly made an example out of people who would dare to assume that the rights of free speech and assembly in public uh, pertain to them in Charlottesville is what I'm talking about, that they've pretty much squashed street demonstrations from people uh, anywhere other than uh, left of center. And so I don't know. I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe they could throw maybe the Supreme Court could say that Trump can't run and it would be a total farce. And 
people would just go back to work. I don't know. Well, you know, even as doctrinaire leftist as David Anselrod said, it would be a mistake to keep Trump off the ballot. That would really be bad optics, and it's something that is liable to come back to bite the left uh, in future elections. But, you know, which is what typically happens. You know, they'll pass something in the uh, Supreme Court or they'll pass something, uh, uh, you know, like on the veto situation where they basically made it where it was uh, – uh, more difficult to veto, and then they found out that uh, the right was using that against the left. But you know, we uh, uh, you know, so it, it just came down to a majority vote. But see, this is uh, th- this is what we're dealing with now. It, you're talking about E. Jean Carroll and whatnot. It's one thing for corrupt states or cities like New York to. Uh, you know, basically throw due process out the window. But when the Supreme Court does it, then we're talking about a brave new world, a a whole new landscape. And uh, basically they refuse to live by the rules that they set for themselves in Brown versus Board of Education. You know, there's nothing in the Supreme Court, it's supposedly implied, that the Supreme Court is the last word on what's constitutional and what. One second, Keith. We got to take a quick break. We will be right back. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Corey Myers. President Joe Biden skipping a Super Bowl interview for the second year in a row. Instead of getting his message to a captive audience of about 100 million Americans that are watching the big game, Biden has chosen once again to not sit down with CBS and do that interview, which seems odd for an election year. It could be because he's made some very embarrassing, obvious gaffes lately. Right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean, from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, what, why, how, how long are you back for? Francois Mitterrand was a French president. He died in 1996. Donald Trump isn't expected to be in court today when the U.S. Supreme Court hears arguments over Colorado's decision to remove the former president from the ballot because of the 14th Amendment's insurrectionist clause. They are also gearing up to hear another Trump appeal against a lower court decision to reject his demand for absolute presidential immunity over his efforts to overturn the 2020 election following his claims of voter fraud. Five U.S. Marines who were on a training flight in Southern California have been confirmed dead. They were flying from Creech Air Force Base near Las Vegas to Marine Corps Air Station Miramar in San Diego and were reported overdue. The U.S. military does not reveal the identities of deceased service members until at least 24 hours after all next of kin notifications have been made. First responders are working to recover the remains of each of the Marines. This is USA News. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? 
Not much closer, and again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? Low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airlines travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Marie Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime... There is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out antelopehillpublishing.com. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com. Folks, it's been another outstanding Valentine's Day broadcast with all of the ladies. Uh, such an honor to be able to present this uh, particular episode to you. Transitioning now, just because I was on the road last week, we didn't have Keith on last week, and tonight's a special installment, and uh, wanted to get him back in the mix. We'll be back at full strength and together next week. But uh, before we round out this show... And, uh, Keith, uh, we were talking before about the Supreme Court uh, and the, the Trump 
situation, the the, ba- the ballot access ruling that's uh, that's coming down. Uh, but I wanted to circle back uh, to a couple of quick issues with you and get your take on those. First of all, being the a situation in Texas. Now we spent the entire three-hour broadcast last week uh, covering this. If uh, anyone out there missed any part of the program from the first hour onward, first hour we had representatives Steve King uh, from Iowa and Steve Stockman of Texas, respectively, talking about this. Then in the second hour, Peter Brimelow and Steve King, and then in the third hour, Mike Gaddy and Rick Tyler. Uh, that was a fun show, different show. Tonight's a different show. Giving you the variety here on TPC. But, uh, Keith, I was saying with the, the, the boys last week that I fully expected Abbott to cave by now. And uh, so far, they're still hanging in there. looks like Joe is flummoxed at the moment. I don't know what's going on. Well, I think that Abbott is using this because he's coming up for election in 2024 himself. And he wants to come across... Uh, as a staunch defender of, uh, you know, the Constitution and the interest of the white people of Texas, quite frankly. That's what the Republicans are. You, you use all sorts of code words and, uh, you know, dodges and whatnot, but that's what it is. He's doing that. But I think there's a problem by calling what is happening at the border an invasion. And it's just like we're on the other side saying that it's uh, uh, ridiculous to call what happened on January the 6th, an insurrection, you know, you say, where are the bombs, where are the uh, pitchforks and the torches and all this type of stuff? Well, when we call what's happening at the southern border an invasion, likewise, you say, where are the bombs, where are the uh, bombers, where are the uh, missiles, where, where are the guns and whatnot? Basically, it's border jumping. And border jumping is serious enough. That's another way of of replacing the white founding stock of America, which is the intention of the Democrats and the left generally and Jewish power and influence. That's what, you know, uh, you're making it easy for them to shoot it down by saying this isn't an invasion, just like basically the defense that Trump is making to uh, Colorado is January the 6th was not an insurrection, okay? People are trying to uh, put old wine into new wineskins, and it's, uh, you know, uh, no, no, new wine into old wineskins. Excuse me, I got the wrong <laughs> biblical analogy there. But uh, that's that's something we need to keep in mind. This is, uh, you know, uh, although it is good because it allows him at least some time to, uh, you know, stop what's going on as much as he possibly can. What they're going to do is just move it down to California and New Mexico, which are two blue states, big blue states. Uh, New Mexico has a very small yeah, uh, border up. with Mexico, and uh, California has a bigger one. But, uh, you know, I, at some point, in Arizona, in California, yeah, well, Arizona. I think Arizona is trying to do their own uh, blockade by putting container freight boxes stacked one on top of another along the border to keep people out. That's their cheap, uh, uh, fast and dirty border wall. So, you know, I think that Arizona and Texas are of similar outlooks on this. I'm glad to see Republican governors committing their National Guard to help 
Texas and hopefully uh, Arizona too, but you've still got two entry points that are not in Arizona or Texas, and we need to keep that in mind. And also, when we get to the Supreme Court on it, I guarantee you the same uh, strategy that the right is using against the left on January the 6th that it wasn't an insurrection. They're going to use the same type of reasoning to say that what's happening on the border is not an invasion. Well, and it most certainly is. Now, there's a difference between what's going on at Texas and J6. J6 was not an insurrection, but there is most certainly an invasion going on, minus the bombs mainly, but whatever you want to call it. Well, see, uh, an invasion to... kind of implies that, and I know that's what they're going to try to use. On the other hand, I agree. You know, we need to – whatever's happening down there is unconstitutional. The uh, government, the U.S. government, is not living up to their duties to the states. And we need to do, you know, uh, basically we need to rediscover the 10th Amendment and say that, you know, the if the federal government doesn't do something, then the state government, uh, the, the right to uh, defend themselves falls naturally, normally, yeah. well, and inevitably to the states. And, you know, Abbott had an interesting letter, and we covered all of that. We covered it all for three hours last week, but I certainly wanted to uh, do a quick uh, look back on that and get you to chime in because you would have been – uh, obviously great for that show, too. But uh, let's talk about one more thing, and then uh, I'll give you a call when we wrap up down here tonight, and I will, uh, we'll get together. We'll be in the studio next week together. But uh, who's ready for the interview between Tucker Carlson and Vladimir Putin? I mean, this is really something, and I don't think this would have ever flown on Fox. And interestingly, as much as they've done to shut him up, he's got a bigger audience now than he did even when he was on Fox. And this thing with Putin is exactly the kind of journalism that serious journalists do, and it's exactly the kind that they so want to suppress. I, had, I think Bill Crystal said this week that he didn't even think Tucker should be allowed to come back in the country for what? Being a legitimate journalist and interviewing a head of state, one of the most powerful men in the world? You can't do that? Have an open and honest towing, conversation? Not, he shouldn't be allowed back in the United States because he's not towing the line for Jews like Bill Crystal. okay? <laughs> uh, they do not want freedom of press. They don't want anything. You know, there was only one founding father who was Jewish. That was Alexander Hamilton, real name Alexander Levine. That's, and what a coincidence. He's the one that is most celebrated now. You have a Broadway musical about him. Yeah, okay? yeah. You don't see that about George <laughs> Mason or, uh, you know, any of these, or Patrick Henry or people like that. But, you know, what I wish I could do, I wish I was able to participate in that interview. And what I would ask Putin is this. Mr. Putin, uh, you, uh, who do you think is behind America's being involved in the Ukrainian war? And see how he answers that. And if he says, as he said in the past, the Nazis or the Anglo-Saxons, I say, come on, you're a smart guy. I don't believe you're stupid enough to believe <laughs> that, okay? You know, uh, the Anglo-Saxons, first of all, the Nazis don't exist anymore except in people's imaginations. And secondly, the Anglo-Saxons, we're basically like the American Indians. Our ancestors used to be in control, but now, like the American Indians, we just live here, okay? There's another group... <laughs> There's, there's another group that controls America's foreign policy, our domestic policy, our entertainment industry, our news media, both broadcast and print, uh, our higher academia, everything, basically. And it's not the Nazis and it's not the Anglo-Saxons. And if he says, why do you want me to say this? I said, because I want you to live up to the uh, 
principles of that great Russian Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who's famously said, live not by lies. Well, I know you'd ask him that, Keith, because there's never been a guest on this program you haven't asked. <laughs> but I, will, I tell you this, no matter what happens, and I, you know, obviously Tucker's not going to do that, but I, I do think uh, if this is going to reach a vast American audience, and I think Putin is going to make the overseers or those who do control the United States look very, very bad. I think he's going to make the current administration look very bad. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, well, the thing is, I yeah, I've tried to locate it, but can't get it so far. But so I've been out of town, and I if if anybody has seen it, you know, give us a, a review. I've been out of town and haven't had a chance to uh, to 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 get on the ball on some of this stuff. Uh, this is about a fifteen day little blitz I'm doing down here. But, but basically, this is, basically uh, the only thing that is giving America any credibility with the rest of the world, they think that we're totally you know taken over by. Uh, uh, evildoers now, you know, call them cultural Marxists, call them communists, call them whatever you want to call them. But the one person that gives them a glimmer of hope that the old America is, uh, still has a heartbeat is Tucker Carlson. Well, and I'll tell you, a, a, an honest and open conversation, even though we will inevitably find causes for disagreement, on, on probably from both Tucker and Putin, uh, an open and honest conversation is going to be very bad for Zelensky. I, I, I think it's going to just further... And Van Make the American. Biden. Well, absolutely. And it's going to further steal and fortify the base Republican voters' opposition to continued funding, which is dead on arrival in the House with this new bill that came down. We talked about that last week, too. Keith, love you, buddy. I'll give you a call when we wrap up here, and uh, we'll be together next week. One more segment to come. Stay tuned. The Honorable Cause of Free South is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern Nationalist authors. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, Ann Wilson-Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixie's Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an Immigrant. Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. In the medical field, IT security is crucial. Our highly skilled consultants are HIPAA certified and have 20-plus years of experience servicing medical clinics, billing, and supply companies. We offer comprehensive endpoint protection, guarding your computers and servers against all stages of threats. And with our 24-7 monitoring services, you'll never worry about extensive downtime again. Ready to level up your IT support? Call 801-706-6980 today and discover how great IT services can be with Managed IT Services. 
Welcome back, everybody. One more segment, and I have saved the most important lady of all of the wonderful ladies we've had on tonight, the most important to me personally uh, for last, to close out this special annual tradition we have now here with the Valentine's Day programming, uh, talking about families and faith and raising strong children in this degenerate age. My wife is with us now, uh, joining us, and... uh, She's the well. I guess I do love them all, but I don't love them in that way. Like I can say, I love you to my wife, and I'm glad you're here tonight. Thank you. <laughs> well, that song I we've been playing some of these fun songs for Valentine's Day, but uh, this was actually something that Lacey talked about. And let's give a, a quick uh, rundown of everybody who you've heard from tonight, ladies and gentlemen, starting in the first hour all the way through now, closing out with my wife, Kim and Lacey, Janice, or excuse me, Kim, Lacey, Lauren, Janice, Courtney, Cyan. And Lacey was talking about the importance of getting married young. Uh, you know, obviously, yeah. if people could wish something or will something to happen, everybody would do it. It doesn't work out that way for everybody, uh, different timing and circumstances. I mean, a lot of stuff has to, to add up, but that's certainly the ideal. And of course, you know, we've shared our story many times, I think just about every Valentine's Day show, but you, mm-hmm. know, we met and you were 15 and we met in church and how churches are still a great place to find people, even with some, uh, some of the flaws today with political correctness and all, but I just, I really wanted just to have you on tonight and to say thank you because we're looking at 20 years now and it would have been tremendously more difficult, if not nigh impossible to have done all of this over these years had it not been for, you know, your love and faithful support. And so for all of the people out there who, we hear from emails and letters and all of that. It just doesn't happen unless you have a strong family and a, and a, uh, a partner that sees things with you eye to eye. So, you know, you're very much a, a heroine to me and what you do with our three kids and, and the, the home. Well, you do the same and, for us. I mean, you provide, <laughs> you know, the same things for me. And so it's a partnership that can only be, created if you're both on the same page and that's you know I'm really really blessed to be able to have a relationship that we do you know it's not always easy but I would I wouldn't want to do life and everything that comes along with it with anybody but you so um, I'm thankful to have you too and I'm I'm thankful that it happened so early and that the Lord saved me from heartache and you know, rela- bouncing around from relationship to relationship like I see so many do, um, which is unfortunate. And I hate to see other people do that because I've lived such a a wonderful and 
I want to say lucky, but it's not lucky. The Lord just blessed me. So I'm thankful for well, that. I, yeah, you were 15 years old when we met, and that was mm-hmm. back in you know a long, a long time ago. And and now, I mean, and that that was one of the things I just wanted to say because I can remember all of these different seasons of life. You know, mm-hmm. Even though we didn't start dating right away uh, with you being young, and we met back in 2001. Yeah, and... it took a while to get my parents on board, but <laughs> <laughs> once they were, well, it was over. <laughs> well, just all of it, though, is is that I, you know, first getting married and mm-hmm. just all of the struggles that come with that, with not having you know, any financial security, you don't know how life works, you know, never live like that with another person. And I definitely got uh, to experience all, all of those things and learn how to do all of those things together. And that was, that was special to be able to learn how to do finances and, you know, pay our bills and raise a family and, you know, all of those things together, you know, so young. And we still have other seasons of life to enjoy and experience together, but uh, having made it this far, and we're in the middle of the full nest right now, mm-hmm. and I know the, the, the next seasons of life will be uh, enjoyable in different ways, just as the seasons of life that we had before we had kids were enjoyable in different ways. But, I mean, one thing I want the audience to know is that this woman has been there with me since before the program even started. We're celebrating 20 years on the air. She predates that by uh, by uh, a couple of years and just all of it. I mean, when I met her, it was before I even launched my campaign for the State House of Representatives mm-hmm. in 2002. And then there she was out yeah. there, you know, this <laughs> young girl wearing my T-shirts and, you know, passing out stuff at, at the, the you know, county of blue jeans, get out the boats. To... Yeah, blue jean skirt <laughs> on and a Edward shirt on and ready to do whatever it took to help you succeed. And, and I'm remember... happy to still be standing in those shoes. I know it's just it's amazing how fast it's on go, it's gone by. I guess anybody could say that. I mean that's just life. But I, I I can still remember specifically. I think it was the October, just a, a few days before the election, a couple of weeks before the election, we were doing one last mass mail out, and you were you were still you were doing then what you've done for the radio show mm-hmm. for the last twenty years, setting and stamping and doing that monotonous work of uh, yeah. But before we used to handwrite handwrite all yeah. of the addresses on everything and you'd hand me like this double-sided sheet with just lots of names and I was like okay let's let's get this done it was lots of lots of bonding and lots of talk time together you know sending sending those letters out that was (laughs) well we still do it it, but yeah we don't write it anymore you know it was actually pastor now get a sticker label <laughs> it was Pastor who who came to me years after the radio show started. We used to sit and we'd have to start like a month in advance and do just you know, yeah all of these letters because it took so long to handwrite them. And Pat, you know, I would do it in the car on the me, way to conferences. Well, you'd have to do it for days and days, and normally you had yeah. to have more people doing it. But just sit and handwrite all the names and addresses, and you know, everybody who knows me knows I'm a luddite when it comes to tech. I'm a technophobe, uh, but yeah, that, you didn't have to be okay. too incredibly smart to uh, figure it out, but. It was actually Pastor who came. I don't know about ten or fifteen years ago, but it was it was to upgrade you several on your, years in. Wait, just skill. said James. You know, you can actually print out labels that. Have. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, Pastor, I think it's nice to have the personal touch. They know that somebody's sitting hand hand. Uh, wrote I know these you things. still. There's still some that you'll like pull out and say, "You're not allowed to do this. These these are the ones that I want to 
write personal letters to. <laughs> yeah, well, I try. And to, it's a different batch every time. Yeah, well, I try to keep. So up I, with the I love that you, I love that you put your whole heart into that, and you really try to keep it. You know, one on one, it's really sweet. Well, I know it's been a sacrifice for you uh, in some ways. I know you're 100 percent supportive, uh, obviously, uh, but I mean, at the same time, and people bring this up, people who listen to the program, you know, your wife is okay with you doing this every yeah. Saturday night. Saturday nights are normally well, the, the nights Lord, when yeah. normal people go out and do normal things, but you've been uh, so good in never once. Folks, strike me dead, Lord, if I'm exaggerating this at one point, never once in the 20-plus years, or the 20 years I've been on the radio and the 20-plus years I've been involved in this cause, has she ever asked me to stop? Has she ever asked me to... Uh, to not do this or not do that. She's always been supportive, um, and I love you for that, and I couldn't have done mm. it without you. And on Valentine's Day and on any holiday that gives us an opportunity to pay respects and admiration and appreciation to the people that's that really are in our lives. Uh, that's you, you, I'm definitely that's not you. perfect, and I do pout sometimes when I don't get to go to a certain conference or I know someone's holding a dinner or something, and I know that you have the show, but I know that that's what, you know, the Lord is blessing us through is working through you for the show. And I know um, that when the Lord has called you to do something and you know that that's, you know, the direction that you're doing for, for his will and his good, then I know that this is where I'm supposed to do. And so I know that a reward is coming and it has come. I mean, we've, we've, it has came, we have been blessed with so many people from the this show that are just well, like I, I gotta, I gotta, family to me. And there's so many women who have. You don't count. That's not the right word for that. There are sometimes you you might want to do something else, or we have a conflict, or we can't do it because of something show related. Yes, but but I've never I've never not wanted you to do the show, or never. You know, I've always supported that, and always been super proud and honored to to be able to be a part of this this life that we have. And um, like I said, there's so many women who who I've gained who inspire me, and and you know help me pour into me with their wisdom and, you know, who have come a little bit before us, who have already passed the season that we're in now and really help to guide me through what we're doing. So I know that the Lord fills in the gaps for the times that you are. And I feel like the show is really, um, placed people in my life that he knew that I needed. So that's absolutely right. Whether it's somebody, uh, in the same season of life as us or somebody who's beyond it, we have made so many impactful personal relationships through the work of this program right. and anyway and that's at the end of Valent- to me so it is it is and we're, we're here to do our duty and uh, i couldn't do it without you you're a real pillar of everything that i am and all that i've done for better or worse well you're a pretty good, good husband to us too you've <laughs> provided and done all the the things that a husband should and you're such a sweet dad and you know it's well, makes I, you love I you love, all I in different not I sure don't want to cut this part short. She, listen, <laughs> you're hearing what she said, <laughs> but we are out of time. I love you. Thank you for saying all of that. I, I love you, too. Another, I could do another whole hour on what you were on right there. But, I know. Uh, all the I ladies know you who could. Been on tonight, uh, we uh, hope you have uh, enjoyed it. Uh, remember, here's to another it's in first 20, sorry, 20 plus plus years. We'll see you next <laughs> week, everybody. Good night and God bless.